Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host with Diamond with my man Jason Spears. It's week two of the preseason as the Colts head to Minnesota. Our first of two road preseason games had our first and only home preseason game in week one against the Panthers. Now we go out to Minnesota. Hopefully we see more starters on the field, both on the Colts side and on the Viking side. So we get more of a week one look because... I expect week three of the preseason to be maybe more like a week four in other years when you have four preseason games where you don't really want your starters out there at all. And we didn't really see many, if any, at all last week against the Panthers. So this might be the only shot to see starters out there before week one against the Seattle Seahawks. So week two on the road, Saturday night, eight o'clock in Minnesota, taking on the Minnesota Vikings. If Rhodes plays, it'll be a homecoming game for him going back to Minnesota for the first time. We saw them last year in week two at Lucas Oil. Now we will be going to Minnesota. So it'll be his first time going back to Minnesota and playing as a member of the Indianapolis Colts. And we're going to go through our top five things to watch both sides of the ball in week two of the preseason. Again, starting with the quarterbacks a little bit different this week because we will see Sam Ellinger getting the starting snap. So Ellinger is going to start. We saw good things out of him last week, but he was going up against threes, fours, and fives, guys who will not be on NFL rosters come week one of the regular season. I think Eason has a great advantage in this head-to-head quote-unquote battle, if you even want to call it a battle at this point. Obviously, the Colts have structured it like a battle. Now, Ellinger getting the starting snaps after last week, Eason getting the entire first half. We might see Ellinger get a full first half in week two of the preseason. So, Running around, 30 yards rushing on eight attempts last week, having a step on defenders, will he be able to carry that over now into week two where he sees guys who will be starters and high-level NFL backups on week one rosters come week one in a few weeks? That is to be determined. So we will definitely be keeping an eye on Ellinger getting the starting snaps. Can he look the way he looked last week against starters this week? And then... Eason, when he comes into the game, can he build upon what he did well last week? And can he improve on some areas of improvement where he showed weakness last week? Accuracy, taking a little bit off some of his passes when he throws the ball 200 miles an hour, take something off it and throw with more accuracy. He had a couple first downs he would have had to Mike Strawn, but he threw the ball a little bit too hard. It was off the mark. Strawn wasn't able to bring it in. So we look at these two quarterbacks. It's the number one thing to watch two weeks in a row. Yes, Wentz is progressing and progressing very quickly. There's a chance he actually does start week one, but in case he doesn't start and who's going to be his backup, that is the question. We all feel like it's going to be Eason, but Ellinger will get to start this week. So I think he's behind Eason by a decent margin right now in this quote-unquote battle. If he were to climb back into it, it would start with a strong performance on Saturday night against a starting or at least an NFL caliber defense in the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing Ellinger this week. I think it's going to be a, a very interesting test for him. Zimmer will probably blitz a little bit in this game. Not not to, you know, not because it's a he, you know, it's a game and he's trying to be super competitive. I I just think he wants to get his guys used to to doing certain things. He's a very aggressive defensive coach. So, I would expect to see some pressure and we all know how the unholy trinity is blocked at left tackle. We'll get into that in a minute. But, I mean, one thing I love about Ellinger is his poise. So I'll be interested to see how he handles the talent that he's going against, maybe the, the different things that, that Zimmer mixes up. 
with his defensive scheme. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to see a lot of exotic things or anything like that, but I think he will see some different blitzes, and I just want to see how he handles those, how he handles the offense, and obviously how he handles you know throwing the ball against a much improved uh, defense because it's not going to be threes and fours. It's going to be ones and twos. So that will be interesting to me. Obviously, you know, Jacob Eason's in the driver's seat as far as a starting quarterback or backup quarterback, however you want to look at it. For him, I just I just want to get better. I mean, and, it, and as far as, you know, who he's playing against and all that, I kind of take that out of the equation. To me, I just want him to work on him. So I want to see him be less happy-footed in the, in the pocket, you know, slow everything down, protect the ball, don't turn the ball over, show some more – touch on some passes uh, and then get out let Brett Hundley come in and finish the game you know I really would like to see our quarterbacks we had two turnovers last game I'd like to see our quarterbacks cut back to zero uh, both guys you know had a turnover and I'd like to see you know both guys come out of this without turning the ball over we know you know games are won and lost in this league with turnovers so I think that's an important thing that they need to focus on this week is, is make sure you take care of the ball and uh, make good decisions with the football and, and just, you know, improve from one game to the next. And I think we'll see that this week in, in Minnesota. As far as Hundley goes, you know, just go out there and do what you do. I mean, uh, no one's really expecting a lot, but he does have a lot of experience. He was in Green Bay for, I think, a full year and started six games. So he is capable of playing in this league. I don't think he's got a spot on this team, but you always want to put your best foot forward. So hopefully he'll put out some good film for other teams to see. And uh, maybe he'll make a roster, you know, after the cuts because, I, you know, I think everyone knows he's not going to make our roster. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun night on the road crowd. I'm sure it's going to be uh, fun for the guys to be back on the road and have team have fans rooting against them. It's been so long. But, yeah, man, we, you, you pretty much nailed it. It's just uh, improvement from all, you know, both guys and, and really kind of no- knocking out the, the stuff that we did in the first game and, and playing a cleaner game this week. Yeah, and another thing with Hundley and any quarterback that were to play at the end of this game, I really just wanted to see them throw passes to keep this wide receiver competition going. Just throw catchable right. passes because next up, another thing to watch, the backup wide receivers. And we're not just talking about guys like Patman and Strawn and DeMichael Harris. Last week it was Tyler Vaughns and all these guys. I mean, this is a deep, deep room. And Jason and I were talking off air a little while ago. When you look at this Colt wide receiver room compared to other rooms in the league, we might not have the flashy number one, number two, like other teams have. But when you look at the depth of five, six, seven, eight, I mean, it's a deep room and we're going to end up cutting guys that could probably make other teams 53 man rosters at the receiver spot. So the depth of this receiver position on this roster is definitely something to watch in both weeks two and weeks three of the preseason as these guys battle it out to make this roster yeah absolutely it's gonna be fun to watch I mean Strawn obviously he's got a leg up he's been outstanding from the time he set foot you know on on the field in Grant in Grand Park and he's been outstanding when he got in the game obviously in the first game so I really like Strawn I think he's you know he's going to continue to show what he's made of but like you mentioned, man, it's the back end guys. Like DeMichael Harris can play in this league. He proved it last year. He was a big spark for us when we had some injuries. You know, then you mentioned Tyler Vaughn's a guy I really liked out of USC. He's, he's kind of a 
a jack-of-all-trades type of wide receiver, very good route runner. I think he could certainly be on our practice squad, or maybe somebody picks him up if he doesn't make the roster. And then you get to guys like Doolin, who's really an outstanding you know, special teams player that you really don't want to lose. So to me, you just look at this, and, and you're going to end up probably cutting two to three guys that really have a shot to be on NFL rosters. I mean, Harris for sure. Great. I mean, just a, he's like a, a Naheem Himes type player, just a change of pace, can do a lot of different things. And you look at a guy like Patman, he's got all those athletic traits. If we decided to keep Strawn over him and keep dueling, which is, you know, possible because we really value special teams players, he can certainly play in this league as well. He's got everything that you want. And then you got a guy like Tariq Black and Tyler Vaughn. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really exciting thing to watch because all these guys have things they can do well and they can play so yeah I'm, I'm excited to see those guys go out there and continue to improve I mentioned in the last show about wrapping up the last game that you know there's Strawn is really easy to root for he's a great kid and he's got a lot of physical gifts but some of the drawbacks to him some of the things he has to work on is he's got a He's got to understand the route tree better, and he's got to be able to run his routes better, more precise, and that's going to come with experience and playing time and practice and all that stuff. He's not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. He's got a long way to go. I think people should temper their expectations. He's not walking in the league Randy Moss style and going to dominate, but he certainly, I think, can make an impact on this team. But you guys have to remember he came from Charleston. He has not played against this level of talent before. He's very raw when it comes to route running. And he's also, uh, I've heard, you know, somebody, I think Zach mentioned this, Zach Hicks mentioned this, or maybe it was somebody else. Um, they want him to learn all three wide receiver spots. And that's something that all receivers on the Colts have to do because they want to be able to cross train them. At If somebody goes down, they can play him out at X or Z or whatever. And so, and he only knows his one position right now. So he's got to get better in the mental aspect as well. But all that to say, I'm a Mike Strong fan. I think he's the real deal, but I just think people need to kind of let let this guy play. Don't expect miracles. He's very raw, but there's a lot to like about him. And honestly, I like a lot about the back end of these of this receiver core. I really, I mean, I'll be honest, Luke, I like Tyler Bonds a lot. I really do. I think he would be a, a really, really solid six guy. I don't think he's going to make the team, but I do think he we might be able to stash him on the practice squad. I love the Michael Harris too. So like you said, man, it's, it's going to be a fun competition. Obviously there's not very many spots. Some people think the Colts might keep seven receivers. I don't think so. I think they're going to go with six. They've gone with six every year under Reich. So we'll see what happens. But for me, I, I I'm just going to enjoy the competition. It's fun watching these young guy, guys go at it and, and make plays. And they, they certainly did that in game one. And I expect to see more of it in game two. Yep, and it's going to be fun to watch these guys battle. The depth of wide receiver is fantastic. I wish the next position we talk about had the same type of depth and competition as the wide receiver position, and that is the offensive tackle position, which is the polar opposite because the drop-off from Fisher to 2, 3, 4, I mean, it's just night and day from receiver to tackle. The tackle spots, whether it be Davenport, whether it be Holden, whether it be Tevi, all three of them. What do you call them, Jason? The, the unholy trinity. The unholy trinity. It's a fantastic name, and it's terrifying, to be quite honest. Whether Wentz is your quarterback with his injury problems, whether Eason's your quarterback week one, 
being new to the NFL, if he does start week one, it'll be his first game as a pro, his first real game as a pro. So you want to lock down the second most important position on the offense, which protects the most important position. The left tackle spots have to improve, and hopefully we see that in week two of the preseason because it was not so promising week one. Yeah, I'll keep this simple. I'm not expecting much, but I want to see something better than I saw last week. Maybe that's asking a lot, but I want to see them come out, limit the penalties. I think they had six last week. Limit the penalties. You know, he's, they're going to give up sacks. They're, they're, it's just they're, they're bad. But limit the pressures. Just please limit the pressures. I, I, they have to get better. I mean, it's crazy to me. Like, like they, they they've just got to get better. They cannot be this bad. I mean, well, they can be this bad, but I'm trying to keep an open mind. That's really it, man. I just want to see them go out there, compete, and play better than they did last week. That's not really, Luke. That's not asking a lot, man. They didn't do anything last week, nope. so you know, just just play better, man. Let's give us something to to build on going forward so that we could have some faith that one of you guys could be maybe average because last week was very disheartening. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to see improvement. At what level that is remains to be seen, but that's where, that's where I'm going to start with that group. Just show improvement from last week to this week. Yep. When you're as bad as they were last week, that's all you can look for is improvement because right. coming into this offseason, we basically said – like, the bar was, don't be Chaz Green and don't be LaRaven Clark. Somehow, through one week of the preseason and training camp, we feel like they are at that bar or below that bar, which is really pathetic going from last year to this year when the biggest need besides quarterback and besides finding a starting tackle because Anthony Costanza retired was to improve tackle depth. And it doesn't look like up until this point it's been improved and it's not like if Fisher goes down, you know your starting left tackle is not going to be there week one. So that is absolutely a huge thing to watch to find some improvement. And if you don't see it this week, and even if you do see like slight improvement, I think you got to go out and find a vet to start the first few weeks until Fisher comes back. I mean, I, I agree with you on that, but I just don't think they're going to. I just have a bad feeling they're going to roll with this this little whole unholy trinity until – Fisher's ready to play. I, I hate the idea of that because it's, they, they can do so much better, but I just got a feeling it's one of those things where Reich is like, oh, yeah, you know, those guys are good. We can win with those guys. You know, that yeah. type of, you know, Adam Vinatieri in his last year crap. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I would really like them to call Russell Ocone, but I don't think they're going to. Yep, me too. As far as the defensive side of the football goes, defensive pressure, putting pressure on the quarterback, watching these young pass rushers continue to improve as well. I heard Banigou's name again multiple times today in practice, had multiple sacks, one on Ellinger, one on Eason in 11-on-11. So he continues to be a gold jacket training camp player. Can he now put that on the field in the preseason and get after the quarterback, take a step, improve from week one to week two of the preseason, as well as Kamoko Ture and all the pass rushers that are dressing and going to be out there this week. Hopefully we see a couple more guys dress this week as well, which we'll get to in a minute. But defensive pressure, putting pressure on the quarterback and watching these young pass rushers continue to develop and improve. 
I 100% agree. The, uh, the thing with Banigou and with really all the reports from camp about how much they're dominating, I take with a grain of salt because you know who they're playing against. Mm-hmm. And listen, we all want Banigou to turn into something. I've got to see it on the field in a game against another team that has actual tackles. Um, I'm not sure if he's gone against – I'm pretty sure he's gone against three of the, you know, the whole unholy trinity. Mm-hmm. So – um, and he went out there last week, didn't really have much of an impact. I want to see more, you know, I want to see game-changing plays. I mean, something. I know it's easier said than done from those guys, but I just want to see more pressure. Like, I think he had one pressure last week, but he's getting like five sacks every Colts practice, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But he goes out there and plays the game, gets one pressure. I mean, that's I got to see more, man. He's got to show me more. And I want to see more from all those guys. It's not just Banigou. I want to see all those guys put pressure on the quarterback. They're too good not to. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for this week. I want to see them in the backfield making plays like they've been doing all, you know, all training camp against our own guys. So that's the thing I'm looking for. I'm looking for it from anybody that can do it, whether that's Banigou or whether that's, you know, Alquadi Muhammad or Kamoko Ture or, you know, Taekwondo. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to see guys getting in the backfield, blowing plays, you know, making plays, getting pressure on the quarterback because that's what's going to win us games. So um, obviously I don't give, you know, I, I care less if we win the game or not, but I'm saying just being able to get pressure and knowing that you're, you know, that you're capable of doing it will give, give everybody confidence going forward to the regular season. So I'm hoping to see a, a little bit more of that this this week than last week. Last week we gave up three sacks on offense and was were pressured a lot. And I don't know if we even got a sack on defense. Mm-hmm. So maybe one late. I, I can't remember. But that needs to improve. And I think it will. I think I do think it will. Sucks that Flus is probably still going to be out. So Alan Williams will call the defense again, but you just want to see improvement. You want to see more pressure. You want to see, you know, maybe a forced fumble or turnover or something. So uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, man, I I want to see Banner go out there. I, I'd love I'd love to, for them to just play him the first half. You know, play him the whole first half. Give him a chance against the the you know the ones and twos and just and just see what he does. And really, him and. Uh, Kamoko. They they really need the reps. So definitely excited to see what they can do. I think they'll play better, obviously, with a little bit more experience from last week and coming back. I mean, Kamoko's coming off that injury, so he's he's just getting back into the swing of things. So I think they'll play better this weekend, and I'll be excited to see uh, you know if they can force a couple turnovers. Yeah. See, there's nothing wrong with being a Hall of Famer in training camp or a Hall of Famer in practice if those great performances somewhat translate to the field. So my example is, Jason, you have a Division II seventh-round pick rookie in Mike Strawn going out and doing it in practice. Fantastic. We already saw flashes of it week one of the preseason. A rookie from a D2 school who hasn't played a game in over a year. Then you have Ben Banigou, who's going into year three, and he's having a great camp, fantastic. And I do understand that our corners that Strong's going up against in practice are a lot better than the tackles Banigou is going up against in practice. But still, at the end of the day, a Division II guy, different side of the ball, different position, I understand all that. But just as far as my example goes of guys who are great in practice, and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't translate to the field, the fact that the D2 guy who's a seventh-round pick could step in and immediately 
show what he's showing in practice a little bit in the game. And then you have another guy like Banigou who is doing seemingly whatever he wants in practice, getting in the backfield, getting sacks, making all these plays, a second round pick from three years ago who has multiple years of experience in this defense, not able to translate it as much to the field. Not that I want to overreact too much to one game, but it seems like he's absolutely unblockable in practice and he's going to be a gold jacket guy in the month of August. It's got to translate a little bit better than we saw last week. No, I agree, man. And and the scary thing is I think it's more about the, the guys he's playing against in practice mm-hmm. than anything else. And that scares the crap out of me. It's like a double negative. Because we're going to, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna see you're you're gonna see so many good pass rushers this year, the early part of the season, and teams that blitz and all kinds of other stuff. It's just that not having a left tackle, and I don't mean to go backwards, but just not having a left tackle. Hopefully, Fisher will be back though. I mean, we pray for Fisher's mm-hmm. health, get him back as soon as possible because I can't watch the unholy Trinity try to block anymore. It's just uh, so bad, but. <laughs> But yeah, Banigou, you know, he this is his shot, man. He's got him he's he's been doing all the right things. He worked out with, you know, Buck in the off seasons, really been working hard. Everybody's noticed. He's been playing really well in, in training camp. He's just gotta put it out there on game day. Whether that's, you know, you know, preseason game in Minnesota or whatever, it doesn't matter. He's gotta go play. He's gotta make plays. He's gotta make a difference in the defense and and um, he, he did have a, you know, he did a couple things well last week that, that I mentioned in the post game, you know, he did, did a decent job, you know, holding the edge versus the run and he had one pressure, but I just, I, I just need to see more pass rush from him. I just haven't seen it. And that's been the biggest issue. So hopefully in this game, we'll see it. I mean, it's a key to the game. It's something we all want to see. We want to see that, you know, training camp Banigou translate to, Preseason game number two in Minnesota, eight o'clock Saturday night, Banigou. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, I'm always hopeful, man. These guys are still young, and the, at some point, maybe the light bulb's going to come on, and and it would be great if it was it was it was Saturday night, and that started the season, and he had a great year. And you never know, it could happen. Yep, you never know, it could happen, and sometimes it just takes one play for the light to go off to gain confidence and to start a little bit of momentum in a hot streak. So you never know. And then as far as the fifth and final thing to watch on our list, of course, there's always multiple things to watch and it goes way beyond five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things. But the fifth and final thing that we have going into this game is starters. Do we see more starters? I would assume we do in week two. I still don't know how they're playing it. It feels like every year in the NFL, they play less and less and less in the preseason. Now this year we have an extra game in the regular season. So you're trying to prepare these guys for 17 games as opposed to 16 games. So the entire, I guess schedule is just going to be out of whack for these guys. And they're going to try to find new methods of how to get through the season. We talked about that when we had flus on the podcast, like how are you going about your business any different this year, trying to find rest for guys. And I would assume that one place they're going to find a lot of rest is the preseason. So last week we didn't see, Many, if any, starters start. We saw a couple, like Blackman started, a couple guys started. But for the most part, we didn't see many starters last week. So, And I know we're recording this early on Thursday, so we don't know exactly who is, who is not in for Saturday night's game at 8 o'clock. But 
taking a look at the guys who will be playing in this game that will be starters come week one. Guys that we haven't seen yet last week going into this week, keeping an eye on the starters going into week two of the preseason. Yeah, I think, I mean, based on what Reich has said, I think you're going to see the starters probably for a few series, if not. I mean, I think it's going to be different for every guy. I think the older vet guys will probably get a couple series and, and shut it down. And then maybe the younger guys get a little bit more just to get, you know, some more reps in. But I think they'll be smart about it. I, I just want to see the defense together for a couple of drives just to, you know, get a good rhythm going. Because, Luke, one thing I've noticed, and it's kind of a catch-22, is if you play your defensive guys literally none or your offensive guys literally none, like we did last year, we, we didn't have any preseason. And I don't think we've played them much in the, in the past since Reich's been here. We've had a major issue with coming out flat. You look at the Cincinnati game in 18, we blew that game. Uh, the game in 19 against the Chargers, we blew that game. And then the game last year was even worse. Um, we were just absolutely awful in that game. And I think it's just rust. Our, our starters didn't have any preseason last year. And neither did the Jags, though. Neither did the Jags. So I'm not making excuses. Bottom line, they beat us. But what I'm saying is I do think the starters need to get some reps so they they've had some when we like real live, you know, bullets, you know, with the with another team on the field with the lights on and all that, uh, you know, on an opponent's field, whatever, just to get a feel for it, and also just to you know get back in the flow of playing with each other, you know, because uh, it's all it's all like one big hand that connects together with all the other hands, and it, and everything works together, and it's if you don't have all those guys playing together very difficult to d develop that cohesiveness so i would like to see him get a couple drives in with the defense you know and just and then and then pull them out and let the backups play the guys that are fighting for roster spots for the rest of the time and i i think that's probably what they'll do and then as far as offensively i think it's the same deal i think you'll see you know maybe a couple of drives from like you know taylor those guys and I think you'll see maybe like you know the backup receivers play a lot but I do think you're going to see the stars for a couple of series maybe a quarter and then I you'll see obviously see Eason in the third quarter I I don't think sitting him out the entire time is the smart move I know a lot mm -hmm. of people think that you bought you should keep him in bubble wrap till the season starts and I get that I get that argument but then you get then you get situations like when the Colts come out flat against bad teams, and they did that three. They've done that three years in a row. Cincinnati was not good in 2018. We lost to them at home. San Diego or L.A. whatever turned out to not be very good in 19, and we lost them. And then last year, Jacksonville was the worst team in the One NFL, and, and we 15. lost. <laughs> yeah, and we lost to them. So to me, like by doing it that way, we haven't. It hasn't worked. Let's try something else. Yeah. So get them some reps. You know, the risk is the risk. It's a it's a it's a physical contact sport. So a collision mm -hmm. sport. So you're always going to have that risk. You can I mean, you could tear your ACL on a non-contact play. Of so, um, you know, it is what it is. You just but you, you I just feel like in my heart for the, this team to start fast and to start, you know, not with a bunch of rust. They need to play some of these guys. So and I and I think they will. The question is how much that I don't know, but I do think we'll see the starters and I think they'll play well and they, they better play well. They should. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for as far as I'm concerned, that's uh that's something that needs to happen. And I, it's, it will happen. It's just a question of how much Frank's going to play him.
Yeah. And it's funny because after last week's game, I said, I want to see Ellinger play with the ones. And that was before I know you had already heard that Reich said that he was going to start the following week. And I didn't even know that when I said that, but I already kind of retract those feelings. I don't know if it's because it's going to happen now, but now that I go back and I watched Eason again on the highlight tape, we put out for him with all his throws. I watched him again. I hear what's coming out of camp from this week, which again, you have to take with a grain of salt, but I take it with a little bit less salt because now I saw him on the field. So you don't want to overreact to one week, but you see it. And then you hear good things in practice and you got to assume that his confidence is through the roof. I almost kind of want to just ride that momentum. I think I'm sold on him over Easton and I feel like Reich and Ballard, like I feel the Colts are sold on him over Ellinger. I think I said Easton by accident. I feel like the Colts are sold and I am sold on Easton over Ellinger. So at this point and last week, Ellinger went up against like threes and fours. So I would actually like to see if you're going to give Easton one or two series, give it to him in the beginning of the game. I would like to see him start, play with the starting offense, let him get some chemistry down pat with the guys he might play with in week one of the regular season, and then have Easton come off the bench earlier than he did last week and get him some snaps either at the end with the ones or with the twos, which will still be way better competition than he saw last week when he was going up against GameStop and Walmart employees with the fours and fives and threes and fours and fives. So I kind of changed my mind from last week to this week as reality settles in. And if you bring Easton in like the third quarter and he's going against the backup backups, at that point, I feel like it might just be a waste, but I really want to see him play this week, and I'm not super paranoid about injuries because I think I might be more paranoid at this point about him just not having enough snaps. Like This is a guy who didn't play any football last year, at least game action. He was only a practice player last year. He was a healthy scratch every week. So... I want to see him, honestly, I want to see him play as much as possible in the preseason so he has some momentum and some, like, a better feel for the game and the speed of the game entering week one if he has to be the starter, which is a possibility with Wentz still out with his foot injury. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, actually. I've thought about this a lot. I understand what the Colts are doing. They want to get a look at him. Playing and get they want to go to look at Ellis playing against better competition so they can get a good judge of whether or not I think whether or not they want to keep him on the roster. So I understand it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. I think I would def I think I would definitely play Eason for the first half or at least the first quarter of this game and then let El- Ellinger play. Maybe two quarters for Ellinger, give him the second and the third, and then let Hunley play the last quarter. And then let and then and then let Ellinger play the whole damn game in the last week, mm-hmm. you know, because or, or three quarters and let Hundley play the fourth quarter, because you you don't even need Easton to play in the third game. You know he's going to be your starter, the backup, whatever. You can start preparing for week one. In my opinion, I wouldn't play him in week in week three. Maybe you would, but I, I would like to see him play against you know the starters that Minnesota is going to play. You know, I I understand the thinking of what the Colts are doing though. They want to take a look at this guy and make sure that keeping him on, on the roster is the right move. Um, if he goes out there and is just horrendous versus, you know, real talent, then they're going to have a decision to make. 
I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to play well enough to make the roster. But but I agree with you, Luke. I, I think Eason should start this game. I think it was a tactical you know, mistake by uh, Reich to start Ellinger. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I, it, what I would say is Eason just has to go out there and do his – and just play his game. Not worry about it. Just go out there, play his game, and, uh, you know – for as long as he's out there, take advantage of the time. And, and, you know, when he's, whenever his time is done, then you just come out and, you know, don't, he, he can't, you know, we can, we can argue about it or talk about it, but he can't let that enter his head. He's just got to go play. So um, I agree, but I, but the, but the, the point that you raised initially, I, I do, I do agree with that. I think the more that I've thought about it, I think that Reich probably jumped the gun on that mm-hmm. and probably regrets it maybe saying it publicly so early, but it is what it is. You know, Ellinger's going to go out there. We'll, we'll see what we have. We'll see. Cause I mean, he's going to get, he's going to get tested. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens, but look, I like both of these guys. Eason's obviously the, the, the better player right now, in my opinion, and probably the backup. And, and if we have to use them in week one, I, I feel comfortable with them. So I feel like we're in a good even even though this thing didn't play out really the way I'd like it to. I still feel like we're in a good spot at the quarterback position. I like both of the guys. I feel like if Ellinger's our third string quarterback, we're in a lot better shape than we were when, when like Jacoby was here, Brian Hoyer, and whoever the hell else we had here. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be good to get those starters out there. Whether whether it's Ellinger or Eason, just get those guys getting live reps is really all that matters. If they go out there and take care of business. I think it'll be a positive for everybody involved, Colt fans, Colt players, everybody. So that's the bottom line. Just go out there, get the job done, play well, get out, get stay healthy, don't have any foot injuries. Yep. Amen. Guys, enjoy week two of the preseason. Eight o'clock Saturday night. So Saturday night game, eight o'clock in Minnesota. First taste on the road. First time we see like a lot of road fans, I would assume in about two years because last year it was spotty. I remember Buffalo had a couple fans in the playoff game, but we really didn't see many road fans or home fans last year. There were so many limited seeding games because of COVID. So that'll be different this year. They'll probably see, I mean, it's still a preseason game, so you're not going to see a sellout or anything insane like that, but you'll see a little bit more of a traditional road crowd than they saw probably at any point last year. So enjoy it on Saturday night. And we will be back on Sunday with the game preview. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. And this is the For the Culture Podcast. Today's episode of the For the Culture Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Canadips CBD. They are the nation's leader in tobacco and nicotine-free dip. It's the alternative with cannabis instead of nicotine and tobacco. It's a fast-acting and innovative way to consume CBD that works and tastes great. Plus, you won't have to play sneak at you with your wife during football season, which is right around the corner. And thanks to our friends at Canadip CBD, they present the game of the year. That's right, the game of the year. One winner will be chosen on August 31st. Entry is easy. You just head to Canadip's cbd.com that's c-a-n-n-a-d-i-p-s cbd.com and click the link or visit candidate's main instagram page and look for the blue check mark one winner will be chosen and can bring a plus one to any colts game this regular season that's right 
They are picking one winner on August 31st to bring a plus one to a Colts game of your choosing this regular season. But wait, there's more. Airfare for two with luxury hotel and lodging will be included with great seats for the game. Guys, I don't know why you wouldn't head to CanadipsCBD.com. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on Twitter. Canadips. That's C-A-N-N-A-D-I-P-S. CBD.com. It's like dip. You put a little bit behind your lip. No nicotine, no tobacco, no reason to not go check these guys out and enter to win a free ticket to any Colts regular season game of your choosing. You get to bring a friend, you could bring a girl, you could bring your buddy, you could bring whoever you want. The lodging, the airfare, it's luxurious, it's free. Go to CanadipsCBD.com. We thank our friends at Canadips CBD for sponsoring this episode of the For the Culture Podcast.